This is The Playbook. Hey, this is Dave Meltzer. It's Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. I'm so excited. I have a special guest, Sri Devol, and she is the vice president and partner at my favorite restaurant. I built a house right above where it's at today. I went there last weekend on my anniversary, Salt Creek Grill. If you haven't been there, you're making a huge mistake of your time. Welcome to The Playbook, Sri. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you. An honor. The hardest part about having you on The Playbook is your name. <laughs> and not <laughs> just for me, my, my entire team. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that name is special. Yes. And I immediately picked up on it, even though I couldn't pronounce it correctly. What is the significance of such a unique, beautiful name like Sri? Absolutely. So my mom uh, studies spiritualism and she's very uh, into that world. And so she always knew my dad was a fireman. She was a realtor, but she's a hippie at heart. She's very spiritual. So she always told my dad, if we ever have a girl, it's going to be Sri. And I don't know if they didn't research it enough or what, but um, it definitely is, it kind of means like the top level of enlightenment. So you can't really get, they put it to people who study spiritualism, people who have donated time and effort into, um, I'm gonna say the religion, but of the, the way of life. And so that just basically means that I've reached the top. So I was born that way. It means omnipresent, the all knowing. Um, I would say that's pretty accurate. No, just kidding. I love it. <laughs> I think so. Um, just real quick question too, probably something that no one's asked you though, is how did your dad react to the spirituality of, of your mom? Because your parents are a little bit older than I am, not yeah. much. And I was completely resistant of my kind of hippie wife who I adore and still do. Yeah. But at the time I really didn't understand it and didn't believe in it. Well, your dad's a fireman. Most of firemen are not that spiritual, especially back then. But what was their relationship with spirituality uh, in your in your mom's kind of trajectory? I think you kind of hit it on the head. I think my dad was supportive, but I, maybe I wouldn't say he didn't understand it, but I just think that he wasn't into it. And uh, the fireman family is a very strong knit family. And even to this day, my dad's been passed for maybe five or six years and they still connect with all of them. It's a really strong family, but it, I don't, you know, maybe maybe now more so because it's more popular and more mainstream, but I think he was supportive, but kind of how you described too, it wasn't like, that's what we, like dove into as like a family or anything like that. My mom always kind of did it on her own. She meditated a lot. So she would always kind of go in the bedroom and meditate and spend her 30 minutes to two hours. You know, she always came out. I always told her, I said, you have like this glazed over look. And she's like, well, yeah, I just meditated for two hours. So I was like, <laughs> pretty sure she had all the answers at that point. <laughs> and speaking of the answers, you're in a very interesting uh, space, hospitality. Yes. And the reason I love hospitality is I love to be of service. Mm -hmm. And I think at the core, that's the foundation of someone that's good mm -hmm. at what they do in the industry of hospitality is being able to not only put other people first, mm -hmm. but to have uh, an enlightenment of what it is to be of service to that person, because all of the people are not the same that come into the Absolutely. Salt Creek Grill or into a hotel. And so you know, how have you been able to apply your enlightenment, your different way of looking at things into the hospitality industry? 
Definitely. So what you said at service, that's exactly what we are. So it's a really unique industry where no two days are the same, but it's also you are there to service. So, you know, what the hospitality industry promises is for Salt Creek Grills instance, we promise you that amazing plate. Um, and there is so much work that goes into that one plate. Take our ribs, for instance. I mean, you oh, have- Oh yeah, I got to pick on my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you have, um, you know, from the farm to, I mean, there's so many different dynamic industries that feed into the hospitality industry. And sure, your server is like the front line, right? So, but there's so many chefs, there's so many things that go into it. So although you see your server, that one plate took 65 people just to get to you. And sometimes people will get frustrated with the industry or, you know, like, oh, I had bad service at this one place. And it's like, okay, well, of course we can miss the mark sometimes, but it, for the most part, our heart is pure. We're there to serve you. So it sounds silly like an iced tea or something like that, but that takes time and effort for us to have done. And at Salt Creek Grill, we have such a prideful way of everything we do. Our chef, our executive chef, Hector Arroyo, I mean, you should see some of the stuff that he's putting out. I mean, he's got the, he's got chops and his food and, and you can watch him talk about food and it, you know, he almost gets giddy and I'm like, he got a smoker and he <laughs> was like a little kid in the candy store. I was like, chef, you know, he's like, do you think it needs more smoke? Add more smoke. And it just is so silly. You know, it's, it's such so a funny wonderful. industry because there's so much work and, and our only promise is that we deliver a great plate and there's so much that goes into it and it's so much service and so much put out, put out, put out. And it really does take a, a specific type of person to be in the hospitality industry. And one of the other characteristics in the hospitality industry that you guys do so well, and it's a misinterpreted word, it's called responsibility. Mm -hmm. Different than accountability, I always say accountability is your participation in other people's perception, yeah. learning the lessons from that. But responsibility really is more applicable to the hospitality industry. And it's how response able are we? Mm -hmm. And this is an old Covey idea, just mm -hmm. in case you're not old enough to know Covey. Um, but I see that in the hospitality. You talked about how many different things go into and how many different hands mm -hmm. uh, touched, you know, in order to deliver the perfect ribs to me. Right. Um, but when that happens, there's a lot of humans involved and mm -hmm. a lot that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have this response ability, mm -hmm. this able response. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, just like in a podcast, if I mispronounce someone's name, mm -hmm. I have to be response able right. and, and to be accountable. Yes. But to be able to deal with the human aspect of being human and making a mistake, even though I'm doing my best learning yeah. lessons and having fun. How do you pick that out? Because I've noticed when I come in to your restaurant specifically, mistakes are made, mm -hmm. but people seem very response able. They're mm -hmm. not only accountable, but they have the appropriate response when a mistake mm -hmm. is made. That's a difficult thing to train, but yet it seems like you guys have done a great job in that. Yeah, absolutely. We, there's a lot of problem solving on the fly. So, you know, problem solving that you have to do now and whether that's the server, the chef, you know, sometimes um, an overcooked steak can ruin a, a surprise engagement or something else. So 
again, it goes back to it's just that plate, but there, it's so much more. So we really empower our servers, our staff, our chefs, our dishwashers um, with kind of like the method of, of solving things. So, you know, your your cook, your steak is overcooked. You go back to the chef or, you know, a plate is dirty. You go back to the dishwasher and you kind of are empowered as long as you know everything throughout the restaurant industry, the inside or excuse me, of the restaurant itself inside and out, you can really problem solve on the fly. And usually that's the face of the server or bartender or something like that. But that again, it goes back to there's management, there's GMs, assistant managers. There's so many people to support each person. Um, as far as responsibility, when we were talking of the farm or something like that, we like insanely track where our food comes from, <laughs> where it comes, I like what uh, van it came on, the temperature of the van. There's a lot of that that goes into it. Again, the guests will never know, but it's so much behind the scenes that goes into that one plate that it's a combination of both that ends up really working. And as an entrepreneur, even outside the hospitality industry, but especially in your industry, I think the most critical business issue today that faces all business, especially yours, is employee engagement, mm -hmm. meaning their productivity. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many people that are there, but they're not there. Right. And then there's so many people that aren't there, <laughs> even within the context of this new world of the pandemic and other things yeah. that went on. How have you been able to do such a great job of recruiting the talent, yeah. retaining the talent, but most importantly, engaging the talent? Absolutely. I, I mean, there's no surprise in any industry. The last two years have been really rough. Um, the hospitality and just restaurants in general, restaurants in California had a little rough go at it. We were opening and closing. And, you know, a lot of our servers, because we have been around for 25 years, they look to us for guidance. And at the time we didn't have it. So it was, are we closed? Are we not closed? Well, they have to put food on the table for their kids. And so we, we were kind of left like, okay, we're gonna try. We tried to hold on to everyone for as long as we could. It's just one of those things that when we reopened, the majority of our staff that has always been with us came back. And it was a true testament to how we are with them. You know, one of our um, owners, Tim McCune, he's in the restaurant all the time. He's talking to the staff. He's meeting the servers, the dishwashers, everyone. So I do feel that there's a family that you build once you're in the restaurant industry. And so engaging with the staff, finding out what their goals are. There was one gentleman who said, you know, candidly, I just really like to go back to school. I, I dropped out as a freshman and I said, let's get you involved in GED. Let's see what we can do. You know, those tests are you know, relatively inexpensive, maybe $150, but let's see what we as a company can do for you. And just keeping that, it builds a sense of loyalty, but I, I'm also interested in his best interest. I know maybe he's not gonna be with us forever, but if he can give us another year and we can support him while going to school, modify his schedule, do those types of things, I wanna do that for him. So we keep him engaged and we keep him loyal through our family. And as you are still a young executive, uh, in a really big industry, mm -hmm. how do you determine what you're going to do next, either within the business that you're in, or yeah. even I'm sure as you've you know indicated to me, there's plenty of people that are begging you to come work for them as well. Oh, I wish. And so, <laughs> but but I find you know capable, successful people yeah. have a lot of options, opportunities, right. and one of the frustrations that young, especially women executives have, mm -hmm. is too many choices mm -hmm. uh, yeah. or understanding what they want next. Yeah. And uh, for you, 
are, do you have a vision or an intention board? Do you have a trajectory that you, you want to be on? Absolutely. I definitely have goals. Um, our, you know, restaurant, I hope it's around for another 25 years. It will be. Yeah, I think so. I <laughs> Me and my neighbors that. will make sure of it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you personally for me. Um, but I think, you know, I started out as a cocktail waitress. So it was just one of those things. I never intended to be here. I went to culinary school because of my true love for food. And I said, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to know the ins and outs before I decide where I go. So I went to culinary school, never expecting me to be a partner in a restaurant group, especially not Salt Creek Grill. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, every time there was a door open, there was a director of catering. I said, oh, I, can I have that? And he goes, uh, really? And I said, yeah, if, if you don't like me, you can always kick me out. You know, that was how I got my first big promotion. And so I just kind of feel that when doors open for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to lunge for it. So I, you know, I want me to be with Salt Creek Girl forever. And I hope I am because I think that as a restaurant group, we are so smart collectively. We kind of all have different talents. And I think when we come together, it's really a force to be reckoned with. And I just think that, you know, again, the last two years have been a little rough, but we came out, we're striving, you know, we're yeah. really doing great and we're reaching for those goals. We want to do better. We want to be greater. So I think that women in the industry, I always, even when I interview women and we're talking about salary or something like that, you know, they start to kind of clam up and well, you know, I'll take what you offered, but I, you know, and I said, well, talk to me, how are you feeling? How's it going? And they go, well, you know, I was really hoping for more, but I'll just prove myself to you. And I said, well, why don't you ask for more? Why don't you? And yeah. it's just one of those things like starting the conversation. And I've done that with probably three of my female employees that have moved on to bigger and greater things. And I'm so proud of them. But I said, you have to show up. You have, even when you're talking to me, show up. You know, it's a difference of, you know, quite a bit of money, but you have to ask for it. So if there's any big changes for me, I definitely, I'm going to ask for it. I'm going to go after it. Even if it's so big, it's unattainable. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> ah, we share that in common. I always tell people, ask for help. You can't ask big enough, often enough yes. uh, to get what you want, or at least a trajectory of what you think you want. Um, one of the other things that I find fascinating is when I watch businesses and, you know, drives my wife a little bit crazy that will go to an extraordinary meal at, for example, Salt Creek Grill, and I'm analyzing workflow. I'm analyzing or commenting on, you know, as much as my wife's spiritual and she'll say something about the gorgeous view or yeah. the presentation or how yeah. nice people are. I'm looking at coordinated collaborative movement mm -hmm. and it's fascinating whether I'm in manufacturing or they're lining the field here at SoFi Stadium mm -hmm. or I'm watching all those people in a collaborative coordinated movement. That's the secret sauce to business is coordinating and collaborating the movement not in and even on the football field yeah. right the teams that do that um you guys do it really well is there a certain training for the workflow and collaboration or is it a culture like how do, how do you manifest that I would say both. It's definitely, it's a culture. It's the way of, you know, business that we do. Um, and it's funny that I've heard you mention that before on different podcasts, but, you know, business is business. And my husband kind of does the same thing. We'll be looking at something completely unrelated to restaurants. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, did you see that? Did you notice that? Like, I'm sure that was here in this. And he's like, I just, I just want to go for a walk, you know, but it's just the way like, um, our minds work. They just work differently. You're trying to take it apart because you want to make it applicable to you um, and what you can apply it to. So that's something with Salt Creek Grill. I mean, there's always training opportunities. There's always training and learning. Um, that was a big thing when I worked at Montage. 
college as I was a part of their training program. And that really taught me how you can lead and then people are going to do things their own way, but it's going to be a signature branded way. Um, and that's kind of what we do at Salt Creek Grill still to this day is we kind of lead. We show them how to prepare food um, and they're going to do it the same way every time with a different type of um love and enthusiasm in each plate, but it's 99% the same. And it's, it's going to present itself that way. So my name actually means beloved servant. But one of the things I love to teach is to articulate the quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. It's more than just knowing your value. It's more mm -hmm. than feeling worthy of the value. Mm -hmm. But in the hospitality business, if you're charging a certain amount for a coffee crusted Filet or like yeah. New York steak, right? New York steak, sorry. <laughs> or, you know, more, more for a martini than other places. Right. You have to be able to articulate the quantitative value of that right. by truly your actions and the product itself. Uh -huh. How are you able to articulate that value in your business? Um, I think it goes back to knowledge, knowing the product, knowing our worth. Um, knowing the value. So we have an example um, that just happened recently. We just spoke on a um, a conference call about it, but it was um, the smoker that I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. We did a smoked prime rib for $54. And that like blew our mind. We've never been that high price point. We think we priced ourselves out. Um, it's too expensive. We sold out within the first two hours. So, but by educating our servers on the process that went into it, it's a beautiful, I mean, the roast is bigger than this mic. I mean, it's just huge. <laughs> the chef takes so much love going into it. Like we're kind of seeing a weird shift within Salt Creek Grill even that people coming out of the pandemic, what they're wanting, you know, when the recession happened in 08, they were really discount oriented, whether we liked it or not, people were losing their bottoms. And so we adapted to that and we did really heavy discounting. Um, so now we're starting to see people want the value for what they want. Like they want the, how do I describe this? But they want what they want and they'll pay you for it, but they want it great. There's no yeah. room for good. They want it great. And by showing our servers the value and the love that it takes to, I mean, the smoked prime rib is a really weird example, but it's like, if you would just, I mean, we sold out and you know, we were up in arms. Oh my gosh, $54. This is, you know, we've never been that high needs doubled, but still the get the market can't bear that yet. We don't think they're ready for it. Sold out in two hours by six o'clock. We were totally out of the smoked prime rib. So I think people inherently know that in some way and they want a specific thing and they're going to go for it. Um, and it's not about the dollar price point, right? But we're so conscious about it because, you know, oh, is there what's going on in the world? But that was such a big deal for us, but it was such a unique flavor. And we got all these rave reviews about it. Nobody once mentioned the price, but we were so, you know, we didn't have confidence. And I think that's a big thing, even when speaking to women in the industry is confidence. You can't teach it. You're, you have to learn it. You have to live it. And you have to be able to walk into a room and people either like you or don't like you. And, you know, you just have to be yourself. So... And that's why you practice, right? And I see a lot of repetition in practice and mm -hmm. what you do and what you convey to other people to do, that consistent, persistent behavior actually creates intellect, intuition, and inspiration, which is the equivalent of confidence. And when you are intellectual about something, intuitive and inspirational about it, which can be a smoke prime rib or a smoker if you're right. the chef, it makes a huge difference right. because the one thing I know about Salt Creek Grill which Maya Angelo talked about is that people won't remember the meal, mm -hmm. but they'll remember the way they felt yeah. about the meal. Yeah. And so when they feel 
if it's their anniversary or a birthday and it made it special, even if something's overcooked or a plate has a scratch or mm -hmm. things that happen in the hospitality industry and the restaurant industry all the time, they're going to remember how you feel. So when someone comes up and is illuminating the issue mm -hmm. and is reconciling the issue by some sort of uh, 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 when they're reciprocating correctly, um, it's that what's going to bring them back. And you guys do such a fantastic job of making yeah. people feel great with great food and great people. Right. Uh, what a great business. What a great pleasure it's been to have you. you as such an extraordinary leader. A leader is an intelligent follower, and we have a wise, intelligent follower with us today. Sri, thank you for joining me. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank this you is so David much. Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.